0: Thank you so much for those thoughts. And, you know, our next speaker is actually someone who who went through this. Mm -hmm. And I know Seth Hill personally and all that he has gone through in starting up his own business and he's told me bits of his story of sewing hammocks and mm. attics and all sorts of crazy stuff. Wow. <laughs> but a little bit about Seth on his actual bio is that Seth Hill is the founder of Sway Hammocks and Kinetic Sourcing. Interesting. And Sway is an outdoor company that has the mission of bringing comfort, security, and warmth to everyone uh... through the products that they create Mm. now kinetic sourcing is actually something new that they've been doing an international sourcing company with the same mission of bringing comfort and security and warmth to every relationship that they encounter and they have actually been helping during the COVID-19 crisis with sourcing Mm. supplies, PPE, Seth will tell you all about these different things but Seth's number one passion is being able to help others that are going through hard challenges by using what he's gained from his experience in business, and so while you ponder what it takes to start your idea, we're going to hear from Seth.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Seth Hill. I just want to thank you guys so much for coming to this ASI Young Professionals event, even though it is from a distance and we can't all be together. Um, that is a real bummer, but I hope that through my story and the other stories that will kind of be told throughout this. Um, time with ASIYP that you guys will be able to grow a lot of value and learn and network and hopefully um, Bring more people into the kingdom by using your skill sets. That's what it's all about is living out um, a life that is Meaningful. So here's to happiness and let's get started So the way I want to structure my talk this morning on uh, about 15 to 20 minutes which is really a bummer because I really wish we were face-to-face because I love doing the Q&A so Real quick plug, at the end of this, if you guys want to get the contact information from uh, the ASI people, I'm sure you'll be able to uh, reach out in various different ways, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have or connect. Um, Always love meeting new people, so there's that. So the way I want to structure my talk this morning is in three parts. Kind of who I am, give you a little bit of background and context for the situation uh, that I find myself currently in, uh, how I got started in this world of entrepreneurship and the professional world, And then three, kind of bringing it all home with seven points um, that I'll go through briefly about what I've learned. And um, these are by no means exhaustive of my entire experience. There's only so much you can cover in a 15-minute time span. Um, But I hope to drop some nuggets that you guys can kind of take back, chew on, and think about. And hopefully they'll impact you to be able to make a greater difference uh, in your personal lives and in impacting the lives around you guys. So let's get started. So who am I? My name is Seth. I grew up mostly in North Carolina, a little bit of time in Kentucky, and then ended up graduating high school. And after all of my K through 12 experience of hopping around to different schools and different states back and forth between North Carolina and Kentucky, and never having more than really a two year stint at a school, I stuck with Southern, went there in 2011, ended up graduating in 2017 in May. And um, by and large, it was a good experience. Now, if you guys know me personally, Um, which some of you may, some of you may not, you'll know that I have a different kind of view on education. I view education as one of the most prized possessions we have on this earth, but the way that we currently deliver education through our systems, um, talking about higher education, some lower education as well, I think is not the greatest. I think there's a lot of different ways that we could learn practically how to do things while doing it rather than talking about how to do it and then try to go do it and realizing that the things we were talking about, how we thought the world worked, really don't match up to how the world actually works. And there's a lot of um, stuff that's mixed in there that makes that so complicated. But overarching, that experience in Southern was a good one. Um, and it set me on a path to become the person I am today. So the kind of going back a little bit, uh, I wanna start my story from when I was 16 years old. So when I was 16 years old, thought I had a pretty normal average life. Uh, Mom and dad were Adventist. Um, you know, I had two siblings, two younger sisters. We went to church, part of Pathfinders. Everything seemed on the outside, at least from my 16-year-old self, to be pretty typical. Um, never thought myself too far outside of any mold. Uh, but my life dra- dramatically shifted in October 16 of 2008. I came home one day and um, with my mom and two sisters, and we had found out that my father had taken his own life. So from a 16-year-old's perspective, that Radically changed the way that I viewed the world the way that I viewed myself the way that I viewed my relationship with God and How God related to people of suffering it really threw my world for a loop, but one thing that my dad um, Even through his downfalls and my mother as well instilled in me was that that No matter what like God will never turn away from us Like he's always pursuing us and he's always there and I really had no problem believing I wasn't mad at god or anything but i did have a lot of questions um for why for really for my dad like why would he do such a thing that he did and from that point in my life for a long time i really struggled with finding the comfort in life finding security in life um finding the warmth in life because my structure family was just completely broken and i started down this path of kind of figuring out life for myself but i have one thing in mind i was going to make it through life and not let this affect me. I wanted to be bigger than it, and I wanted to be successful, whatever that looked like. And that definition of success has changed throughout the years. During that time, success looked like happiness and money. So happiness and money, I would say, they have a correlation. I would say, prior to 75,000, making $75,000 less a year, and there's statistics to prove this, happiness doesn't really, um, or money doesn't really affect happiness after that $75,000 mark. Look up that figure and you can Google that. And there's studies that show that like up to that point, like happiness is affected a little bit, but it's never like the end game. So I knew anyway during that portion of my life that success needed to be happiness and money. And as I started going through life and figuring it out, um, I found myself through high school because that was when I was 16 that this happened. I was in high school, sophomore those sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, I did a lot of dabbling around, just trying to figure out how to gain some source of power. And I found myself engulfed in a lot of video games, um, not very good video games. I found myself engulfed in pornography, um, was dabbling into witchcraft, and just trying to find a source of power and figure out like what it was that I could maybe grab onto to help me feel powerful. And, It all ended up coming to a head, actually, Um, fast-forwarding to my college experience. So by college, um, this I'm being like 19, 18, 19 years old, I'm starting to figure out that the stuff that I'm involved in, like especially the pornography and things like that, it wasn't really doing it for me. Like All it was doing was making me feel really dirty inside and really just messed up in my ways of thinking and, you know, just to be not too incredibly graphic, but... I remember in my mind, all I could ever think about was like entertainment and sexual things. And I would say that the majority of the world is caught into that kind of just rat race. We'll call it the rat race. And, and as I got to college, I started to figure out like this isn't going to work for me. So, my uh, end of my sophomore year at Southern, I kind of had reached this point where I was like, okay, you know what, God, I can't figure out life on my own. It's pretty clear. Like, I got student debt that's starting to come in. I don't know what major I'm going to be doing in. My plans of what I thought the world was going to be like or how my life was going to pan out doesn't seem to be working at all. So, I was like, God, just take my life and figure out, like, whatever needs to be done, just do it. Start praying those prayers, which is a very dangerous, in a good way, prayer. And, It all came to a point to where God led me to go be a student missionary. I had talked to one person and she kind of plugged the idea into my brain. She was like, hey, they need construction managers in the Philippines. I was doing construction management degree at the time. And I kind of dismissed the idea. But right after that um, talk that I had with this girl, she said um, that I should really think about it. And I did think about it. And I heard God's voice in my head was like, yeah, like she's serious, I'm serious. This is kind of what I want you to do. So I, and I think it was in April that I started, no, it was in March that I started to pursue this idea of going to be a student missionary. And I talked to the student missions department. It was already way late into the year, but everything just, the stars aligned. Someone ended up paying the rest of my tuition for the year and the money I needed to go basically to uh, the Philippines. I had a place to stay over the summer. I had no car. So I had a place to stay for free uh, by the grace of God and my Awesome friend, uh, coach Schwartz from Southern Adventist University with a gym masters. He gave me a place to stay I had a job that was just across the street that I could walk to and from each day to build up money to survive But also to like help raise a little bit myself for the philippines and it all just kind of fell into place Um, but then right before going to be a student missionary literally like the day before I was gonna fly out I got drunk um with some friends and remember getting on a plane and being like okay like you know that was then this is now i'm leaving everything i have that's wrong with me in the u.s and i'm going to go into this philippines experience and i'm going to be a light in a dark area and i'm going to be um used by god and while i believe that there is merit in that belief it was a very selfish belief and what do i mean by that so what i mean is when i got to the philippines i thought that you know, because I was choosing to go from the U.S. to the Philippines that somehow made me a saint and that I was going to be able to just baptize people by the droves and it was just going to be this amazing experience and yada yada yada. Well, I got there and I quickly realized a couple of things. First, all of my issues and addictions, pornography, video games, you name it, followed me halfway across the world. Um, even though I was in this harder to reach area, still was plaguing me. And two, the organization I went through wasn't exactly ideal in the way it was set up. And we there was, I think, 14 total student missionaries, and we all had lots of issues with each other. So that year ended up being just really hard. But it ended up being the best year of my life because, again, of a prayer I started to pray. And I found myself in the middle of a typhoon in a construction site, laying on my back, crying to God, realizing that... I had reached rock-bottom. Specifically, and I want to drive this point home because I've talked about it a little bit, but the pornography, pornography, first, well let's back away from that for a second. Sexual intimacy is one of the most beautiful things in a marriage relationship that God has given us. There is a reason that God has so beautifully painted the picture between his church being the bride and him being the groom, because there's a deep level of intimacy there in that relationship that is so beautiful. When I mean, you have that in a marriage, And You're able to love each other Selflessly that is one of the it is probably the most beautiful thing in this world First Corinthians 13 we could have prophecy. We could have the ability to speak in tongues We could literally do everything in the world. We could baptize by the millions. We could even give our life But if we don't have love, we got nothing So in the Philippines, I'm laying on my back. I'm crying and I realized that wow The pornography thing has literally driven me to my wit's end I literally heard God's voice in my head again, like, Seth, this is going to kill you. And I knew, I knew, I knew that something needed to change. Just so like God, I don't know what it is or how it's going to happen or what you're going to do, but please just take over my life and fix me. Because I had no power at that point. My desires and the beast inside, the monster passion, the animal passion, as the Like calls it, drove me to the places that I thought I never would go. I prayed that prayer and God started to transform my life. I met a really good friend there by the name of Gray. He and his father were prominent businessmen and that inspired me because it was the first time that I realized like, wow, I can be something more. And as I built this relationship with them, I started to start little businesses in the Philippines, like making like basically sugar water popsicles and trying to sell it to kids. Probably not the best uh, for the health message, um, but i started to dabble in these like business initiatives with the thought of like god was going to bless me because I, I he just this is the desires and the skill sets he's given me like i'm entrepreneurial now i want to take the um, these skill sets that like are god's and figure out how to make something of that so again fast forwarding because i'm getting a little short on time i got back to the us after this year and it radically changed my life because when i got back i realized i could eat healthy i could build things like build things entrepreneurially, come up with an idea, bring that to light, uh, create it into something physical product, and then show it to people and have them buy it. And like it was just this perpetuating system. And it's really awesome. So I got back to the US and entrepreneurship started to become a big part of who I was. I took an entrepreneurship course um, from an awesome guy by the name Leon Weeks. Um, and as I took this course, we were instructed to come up with an idea and to build a prototype based on that idea. So I had the idea for an insulated hammock. So this insulated hammock was essentially going to be a hammock that you hang between two trees. You take insulation, you put it on the top, you put it on the bottom, you zip it all up, and it's basically a sleeping bag between two trees. And then I decided to call it Sway. And as I had this idea, I started to talk about it all the time. And it perpetuated itself into like this snowball effect to where I started to be known on campus as this guy who had this awesome idea for an insulated hammock. And it was the first time in my life that I'd come up with something of my own told it to people, and people liked it. And I attached my identity so heavily into Sway in the beginning that um, I couldn't let it fail because if it failed, then I failed. And I took the idea and I ran and ran and ran with it, and all the way through college, all the way up until now where it's three years after graduating and I've still been working on it, and I've changed my view on um, how I identify identify with the things that I create Because in the things that we create, they're not us. They are representations of us. And they are the vision that we've kind of put out. But we can change um, separate from our ideas. So with the Sway idea, I thought it was going to be this great, awesome outdoor company. And I think that someday it still may be that. But now I see it as like an opportunity to continue to build my experiences and build networks and build relationships and ultimately bring more people into the kingdom. So I know that's a lot to unpack, but I got to kind of move forward here. Um, But the thing with Sway is like that's how I got started. That's how I found myself but really that's how God like found me and I found God in the midst of all this because I know that the entrepreneurial um, skill sets and desires that I have inside came from God and when I was able to kind of give my life to God in the Philippines come back to the US and be so motivated to do something with those skills that's when it started to grow and perpetuate into this beautiful thing. Um, And, you know, the kind of the theme we're running along this year is that anything is possible. And I believe that that is 100% true. Anything is possible if you just believe. And so that becomes a little more complicated because we all have different spectrums of belief and how we believe in God and how we believe in ourselves. But I would submit that the belief, like it's good to believe in yourself. It's not good to believe in yourself that you are, you can do something good, but it's good to believe in yourself that like in the, in the context of God gave me these skills and I believe that if I believe in him, that he believes in me. So he believes that these skill sets he's given me can be used to create profit, not necessarily monetarily, but to create profit in terms of the talents he's given me to be able to perpetuate this forward. And if we find the things that we are good at, the things that we love and that are truly good and noble and, you know, kind of using the Bible as the frame for what is good. If we put action toward those ideas and thoughts and skill sets, they can become something way more than we ever thought that they could ever be. Sway, while it hasn't been a massive monetary success, it has brought tremendous value to my life in a number of ways. And I would say two main ways. Experience. Being able to build something and I work with manufacturers in Asia going to China and working with factories and people on the factory floor to make products. Um, The experience of starting a business, raising money, um, opening a business account, I mean just all of these different things, super rich in experience. And the other is networking, working with people and by far for me the number one most important thing of entrepreneurship or any professional life that you will ever gain value from and be able to offer value. Is relationships that network the people that I work with in China and the manufacturers I know their kids by name I know like their cousins uh, with the people that I meet here in the US even in Chattanooga I try to invest my time into them and take them out to lunch by the way this is a really good side note good way to network I offer to take people out to lunch and then just listen to them ask them their story people like talking about themselves but people like being heard they don't just like you buying stuff for them. They like to be heard because it validates their life. It validates the things that they believe in. So being able, for me, like experience and networking, the huge biggest, biggest things you can take away from any type of experience you have. But relationships have got to be the foundation of it because when those relationships encompass love, going back to 1 Corinthians 13, then if you add love to a business, if you add love to an idea, if you add love to... um any type of congregation or organization, it's gonna build something absolutely remarkably beautiful. So that's a little bit of my story. That's how I got started. Um, Since COVID-19, I've started another company called Kinetic Sourcing, where we source personal protective equipment from uh, Asia, China, to the US to help different dentist's office and stuff. It's been way more of a success than Sway has ever been monetarily, But it is because of Sway that the success has been attributed because of those experiences and those networks. So as you guys start your professional careers, whether it's just a job or if it's an entrepreneurial venture, recognize that the things you're doing now, the steps you're taking right now, will lead you on to the next thing and give you the ability to push forward with the next job or the next business idea. Everything you have in the past as you start to gather these skill sets and this knowledge and experience will be able to be carried forward to the next idea. And as you perpetuate and move forward, um, then, I mean, it's just in perpetuity. For always and forever, those things will compound all the way into heaven. So what have I learned? I want to touch on my seven points because I'm running a little bit on low on time. The first point, um, solidify why you're doing what you're doing and what you plan on doing. So that why question. For me, going back to the comfort, security, and warmth. When my father passed away, I lost a lot of comfort, security, and warmth in life. And then as he passed away, I started to meet men along the way who were able to reinvest themselves back into me in such a way that they brought me back comfort. They brought me back security and they brought me back um, warmth of life. And it is in everything that I do now, whether I'm making hammocks, comfort, security, warmth, that works, or the products that I am sourcing and creating with Kinetic to provide for personal protective equipment, I can, again, instill those values of comfort, security, and warmth. And that's kind of the framework that I work um, around in my life. And as you guys have your experiences, figuring out what your why is, like why you do what you do, Is the recipe for your success no matter what you do because those are values and it's a it's a framework It's an architecture for a system that can be carried To anything you do so your why is something that will be universal To who you are the second point is move forward with what you have and and what and, and not what you don't So move forward with what you have not what you don't Specifically right now I'm talking about money because when I first started Sway I was like kind of lusting after this idea of Silicon Valley that I'm gonna go raise a ton of money raise millions and millions and millions Get a billion dollar valuation and then push it off sell it So the, my issue with Silicon Valley is is they grow a lot of weeds They do grow some oak trees, but they grow a lot of weeds and meaning that they spring up super fast They look big wow, but as soon as you flick the side of them economic disaster or whatever they fall over It's good to move forward with what you have. If you can avoid getting into debt, avoid it at all costs. Fund your inventory with pre-sales. Fund anything you're doing with pre-sales. If you can get people to give your money, like Kickstarter or something like that beforehand, to fund what you're going to do, do it. And if you don't raise enough in the beginning doing the pre-sales, don't overproduce to to what you need to deliver. Start small, and that is okay, because oak trees, huge trees, redwoods, huge trees they start small and they slowly grow over time so that's the second point. point third point approach each business deal as if it's not going to happen until it happens um, so honestly this is the, the third point and it's a really important one and you probably won't honestly learn this until you experience it but approaching a situation realistically without kind of putting all your eggs in one basket is a wise thing to do because many times the deal that you're working on is going to fall through um And that's just, I mean, there's not much else to say. Sometimes it it happens. It could happen that your first deal could go through and it could be a magical experience and wow, but not always happening. So keep that in mind. Point number four, expect no one to put as much into your idea, business, or job as much as you will. And this is more angled toward the entrepreneurs in the room. It's not fair for you to ever expect anybody else to invest themselves into your business more, the same or more than you, because it's not their baby. If you have a child, you are going to pour your heart-loving soul and everything, spirit, mind, physical life into this baby because it's something you brought up. It's the same idea with a business. And that's how it should be because you're the parent and it's your job to cast the vision. It's your job to draw the path. It's your job to work hard and set the example. And with those three things in mind, don't ever expect anybody else to put as much in. Now, I'm not saying it can't happen because you can have partners. But if it's your original intentional idea, it's not fair to expect other people to want to put in as much. And I learned that the hard way. So the people you hire, it's good to have a higher level of expectation because that's the way business should be done. But never more than you. It's just not fair. So that's point number four. Number five, uh, change your mind and pivot your thinking often. For me, great example of sway. When Sway was not doing that great at the end of this or beginning of this year because of COVID and losing a factory and Chinese New Year, a lot of issues happened. When COVID happened, we saw this big need for PPE. I had sources in, in China and we were able to pivot super quick to start up a new business. And it's the, it's the pivots, the ability to pivot quickly is what makes any idea or any entrepreneur extremely, um, what do I say, effective because if you're able to move quickly and change, you know, if tomorrow if hot dogs, are like Big Franks, I don't know, whatever. Tomorrow if I need to, we can start selling Big Franks. Uh, the next day we could start selling children's books. Whatever it is, find the need, serve that opportunity or that need with, with what you have and make that opportunity into reality by using um, the ability to move quick. A lot of corporations can't do that. Uh, so the sixth thing, seek wisdom from many mentors of varying walks of life. So for me, something I like to do is it used to be every week and it's been a little bit harder now because of COVID, but reach out to people outside your network, usually in person if you can, or call them or text them. LinkedIn's a little shady. I don't even necessarily accept a lot of LinkedIn from requests if, or connections if I haven't met them because a lot of people are trying to sell stuff. But reach out to people often from different walks of life. If you're in medical, reach out to somebody in business or a mechanic or a nuclear engineer or a software engineer. Reach out to these people and just listen to their story because there's a lot of wisdom that you can bring in from listening to people's stories and the things that they've experienced. And on top of that, it helps build out your network. So seek wisdom from as many people as you can. Um, be hungry. Ask stupid questions. There's never. Do not be afraid to ask a stupid question. A lot of us do this. If you don't know the meaning to a word, ask The person who used that word, the meaning to that word. And something you'll find out is a lot of people use words that they don't know the meaning to, but it just kind of works. It's just interesting there. But that kind of thinking, don't be afraid to ask what something means or how to do this or how to do that because you think, oh, I should know that already. Because most people had to start somewhere or everybody had to start somewhere and it's usually down low, not knowing anything. So seek wisdom. The last one. Um, seven, try to be truthful to myself or try to be truthful to yourself always in all situations. For me, the biggest way I was able to learn this lesson recently is with, um, trying to be truthful to myself with sway for the longest time up to graduation in college, I believed in sway with an undenounceable Fervor that it was going to be the biggest the best the number one company in the world and That was a good belief um, And it definitely pushed me forward with ambition to create something But because my belief was so strong when I kind of got to the postgraduate Story of my life where I'm working on this thing for two and a half three years I realized that you know sway needs to tone back and if I tone it back, that's okay Sway can be a failure or a partial failure, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure because going back to what I've been saying before, the experiences and the networks, that's where the true value of something is. Those things put together is what brings in the money and brings in the happiness, um, even more so happiness first. So keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, be true to myself. Um, I was able to kind of change my mindset of how I view viewed Sway and realizing that I'm not truly a failure if Sway is a partial failure or if it completely failed. So, yeah, anything is possible, guys. Remember, keep in, there's never been a greater time to keep in mind the three angels' messages because we should always be fearing God and give glory to Him. And if we take that first angel's message to fear God and give glory to Him, uh, from Revelation chapter 14 in the beginning there, if we take that with love and kind of wrap those things around all of our ideas or inject them into the center core being of our ideas, then... You can't fail. you can your business might fail or you might have a deal fall through, but you can't truly honestly fail with that type of mentality because we're not playing for a monetary short-term ultimate sum game here on earth. We're playing and running this race into eternity. Um, yeah, anything's possible, but you have to believe that God's on your side. And that belief in faith will perpetuate you forward into creating something that none of us uh, could ever imagine. And I promise you that's true because I'm starting to experience it even now. So thank you guys so much for listening into my talk. Again, my name is Seth Hill. You can find me on Instagram, Seth underscore T underscore Hill. Uh, You can email me at Seth at Swayhammocks.com or Seth at Kinetic Sourcing. Um, My number is 828-448-8767. Feel free to text me, call me, just let me know who you are. I'll try to get back with you as soon as I can. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity to connect. Um, love you guys. Just thank you so much to ASI for putting this on and giving the opportunity to kind of speak out there. If you guys have any questions, I think there may be a QA and a session coming up if that hasn't already happened. And I would try to be a part of that to answer any questions. I uh, would love to connect. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day and we will talk to you soon. Peace out.
2: All right! Wow, that was that was wonderful. Just filled with practical advice mm-hmm. for starting a business. Anybody that has an idea, making it a reality. Seth Hill, thanks, man, for for that. We really appreciate it. I just loved, um, ladies, what he was saying. He he just he just kept firing off that good advice, um, just there at the end, talking about finding out what your why is, why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. in business. Knowing that is so important. He said, mm-hmm. moving forward, importance of moving forward with what you have, not what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a lot of good advice. He said, um, approach each deal as if it's not gonna happen until it happens. <laughs> good advice. And expect no one to give as much as you're gonna give. And then he also, that, uh, that point about pivoting easily, and you know, with the, with the whole idea that they moved from making hammocks to making the, the masks and the personal protective equipment, mm. that was just so genius. Um, and then, of course, having mentors. All these are really good points. Uh, thank you, Seth, for that awesome wisdom. you guys have any thoughts?
3: Well, yeah, you know, just going along with that, we actually have our audience very engaged today. Um, we get some comments and some responses to kind of going along with that. Kelvin Adams says, vision, a plan of action, prayer and faith. Mm. You know, indeed, that's what we really need to be able to step out and try it. Then Lauren Malding, she says, be okay with failure, you know. Mm. Sometimes we really are afraid to make a mistake, to you know, how how bad the fall is gonna be, but just be okay with that. Mm. Um, thank you for that, Lauren. And then also so we have Ashley Blake. So if it failed, then it fell. How do we continue to put our best into something but keep our identity separate? Mm. That's very good and wisdom there.
2: Lots of good comments that are coming in. Please keep sending your comments in. We want to hear from you guys, um, so you can text the comments in. Uh, Becca, what's that number again that they can text? Ninety-four hundred. Ninety-four hundred. Four thousand. Yes, we want to hear from you. So please share what's going on, what's happening with you, and um, we
3: have a really great lineup coming up next. That's right. That's
2: right. And and not only texting, you can also put your comment in the Facebook chat, right?
3: Yes, or on the ASI website.
2: That's right. So, we, we want to hear from you guys. Um, it, any feedback you have from the presentations you hear, any other ideas on that question of how to get your idea off the ground, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But, you know, I just want to encourage everyone that's listening because you hear these different testimonies like Seth's. You're going to hear some more in just a minute. Mm. But, whatever it is that God has placed on your heart, um, may you be encouraged that God has a special purpose for your life mm. and that He wants you to use that gift or talent for His work. It may just seem small, but remember, like Sarah E., we heard earlier, you know, just a children's book. But God is using that in a powerful way. So lots of, lots of extremely awesome ideas that are coming up and more opportunities to interact, right? This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org